Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin this evening. Tonight we'll have one song, and then the, uh, David will have announcements. Three more songs, and Chris will have our devotional. Our first song tonight is number 708. 708, Walking in Sunlight. Walking in sunlight all of my journey over the mountains through the deep Jesus has said
Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. Uh, this coming Saturday, we will be heading to Columbus Zoo. We will be taking the church bus there, uh, leaving at 8 o'clock in the morning. So if you're wanting to go to that, please meet here at 8 o'clock. If you want to drive separately to the zoo, um, we'll be meeting there at 11 o'clock at Columbus Zoo. Uh, it costs $17 per child and $22 per adult. Um, also, next Saturday, put on your calendars, June 26th, we'll be heading to the Splash Pad in Barbersville Park from 10 to 12. Um, there's also a sign-up sheet on the four-year board for the baseball road trip that is scheduled for July 23rd through the 24th. Uh, please sign up if you're wanting to go to that. The deadline for that is July 14th. Uh, don't forget about this Sunday. We'll have our, our third Sunday singing uh, at our, our Sunday night service. There's an easel sign out in the foyer where you can write down the song that you want to sing and also the page number. It would be grateful if you'd put that on there. Updates on our prayer list. Carol Galloway had her kidney stone removed this morning. She is in ICU with some bleeding at this time. Uh, she'll be spending the night at Cabell overnight um, to be monitored. But remember to continue to keep Carol in your prayers. Clint Galloway is having a CAT scan for a blockage on his neck on June 21st. So just keep Carol and Clinton in your prayers at this time. Charlie Boso had uh, his veins um, lasered yesterday. Everything's went well. Uh, so that's great news. He's at home recovering. Um, He's probably being babied right now, uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's off his feet for a couple of days, so, but uh, remember to keep Charlie in your prayers as he recovers at home. Um, also, remember to continue to keep John Klein in your prayers. We mentioned him last Sunday. Uh, he fell and injured his knee where he had his knee replacement done in April. Um, he's having some significant problems. Uh, maybe some surgery might be necessary for him in the future. So remember to keep him in your prayers and Brenda. Uh, Yvonne Cornell and Dottie Hager and Jennifer Ward also had knee replacement surgeries. So remember to keep them in your prayers as they recover from their recent surgeries. That's all the announcements I have at this time. Uh, Chris will have our devotional and Jackson Stevens will have our closing prayer. At Burnus Reed, knee replacement, a lot of knee replacements, yes. Oh, Jerry's, um, Eileen, Eileen Stevens came home today, so remember to keep Eileen in your prayers as well. That's great news that she came home. Anything else? All right, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful and blessed to be able to come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about your word, to be able to apply your word to our life so that way we can use it in our everyday life and we can share it with the community, with our friends and our loved ones and continue to be with us spiritually. Let us continue growing stronger in you, Lord. Help, help our faith, Lord. Continue to be with our elders, Lord, and the decisions they make. Be with Jerry and Gary and Clinton and and their families, Lord, just be with them and, and keep them safe, Lord. We are so thankful for the work that they do here, Lord. Lord, continue to be with our deacons here, Lord, and, and the work that they do. And let's be an encouragement to them. Let's continue always doing your work so that way your glory shines. And we 
never do anything selfish, but we do everything for you. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our sick, be with Carol this time while she's in the hospital, and and be with the doctors and nurses who are taking care of her. Be with Clinton as he takes care of her and and his his uh, his his doctor's appointment is coming up here soon. Lord, just be with him and and be with the doctors who are taking care of him. And Lord, we ask you to continue to be with Charlie and and John and Yvonne and Dottie and Jennifer and Elaine and uh, Reed. Um, just be with them and and be with the doctors who are taking care of them, Lord. And Lord, we are so so thankful that you are always there for us, that you never change, that you will always love us, be, and you're always faithful. Lord, we know we can always count on you in our troubles in life, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short, Lord. It's in Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Our next song is number 886, 886, sing hallelujah to the Lord. Sing hallelujah to the Lord, sing hallelujah. Restore my soul. 971. Bye. 
last song before our lesson this evening. It's number 824. 824, I'll fly away. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. 824. Our song of invitation will be number 272, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Good evening. You know, life's full of decisions, isn't it? We look at the evidence and we come to a conclusion and we make a decision, don't we? You made a decision if you're married on who your spouse is going to be. You looked at uh, all the available options and you chose the best one for you, didn't you? The one that said yes. <laughs> you looked at all the available options for your job, and you took the best one that made sense for your lifestyle and, and what was important to you. Life's all about decisions. Grab your Bibles and turn over to Jude. I've put a little bit of time into this book over the last several weeks, and it, it's, it's just kind of entranced me. Uh, so if you have never studied the book of Jude, it is tiny, but it is power-packed. Uh, it's like every word Jude chose specifically uh, because he knew he was writing a short gospel, a short letter, and every word had to mean something. It's just an impressive letter. Uh, we're not going to get very far into it tonight. I just want you to look at Jude 1. Jude's only got one chapter. Let's look, at, let's look at the first verse. I just want to introduce you to the man who wrote this letter. 
Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, and the brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in, the, in God, the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So who is this Jude? Who is this guy? Well, he's Jesus' half-brother. He's James's brother. So let's go back through the Gospels, and let's learn a little bit about who this guy is. Hold your finger in Jude. We'll come back. But flip over to Matthew chapter 13. We know a little bit about this guy and his brothers. We know a lot about James because he wrote the Gospel of James. He's an elder in the Jerusalem church. We meet him in Acts chapter 15. We don't know as much about Jude. But we know that he wrote this, this tiny little letter here toward the end of our New Testaments. And we know that he was um, a disciple of Jesus toward the end of his life. Though he didn't start like that, did he? Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 55. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. Jesus comes home to Nazareth, and the people are impressed with what he's doing, um, but they're not really connecting the dots. They don't, they don't get it. They, they're impressed, but kind of like you would be impressed with a magician. He doesn't hold any sway over your life. You're just impressed with the things that he's doing. That's kind of what they're doing, um, but they've got some questions um, about who Jesus is and what makes him so special because they know him. They know where he came from. He came from, from this tiny town of Nazareth, and, and he, he grew up around these people. And so they say this in verse 55, Is not this the carpenter's son? His dad Joseph was a carpenter. Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? They know the whole family, and they're just kind of astounded. What makes Jesus so special? They haven't connected the dots yet, and that's a different lesson for a different day, I suppose. But what I want you to see here is Jude, or Judas, as he's called here, is one of Jesus' brothers. Now, flip over to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, we're going to meet Jude again. Again, in the company of, of his brothers. They keep coming to Jesus. Um, periodically throughout his, his three-year ministry. Um, but every time they come to him, it's, it's not to follow. It's not to listen. It's to try to dissuade Jesus from saying and doing the things that he's doing because they know that he's, he's about to get into trouble, uh, especially with the Jewish leadership. So let's look in Ju uh, John chapter 7. Let's start in verse 1. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the feast of the Jew, the feast of booths, was at hand. So his brothers said to him, "Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see that the works that you are doing." Now that sounds legitimate, doesn't it? It sounds like they're encouraging him to spread out his gospel so that more people can hear. But that's not what they're doing. Keep reading in verse four. They say, for no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. They're kind of saying, put up or shut up. In verse 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. Jude, James, none of his brothers believed in him. They didn't, they didn't think that he was anything special. Now, that's going to change. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's kind of fun doing character studies like this, especially in these little-known uh, people in Scripture. As you can just kind of follow them throughout their, throughout their lifespan in the New Testament and see how they changed. But we can do that here with Jude. Watch what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 
verse 7, and then we'll flip back over to, to the epistle of Jude. Paul is talking about and giving evidence for Jesus' resurrection. Because if Jesus isn't, if he didn't resurrect, then everything we do in his regard is useless and it's futile. We shouldn't do anything in his to his glory if he didn't resurrect. That's the argument Paul's going to make in 1 Corinthians 15. But he's also going to say Jesus did indeed resurrect. And in fact, he appeared to over 500 people at one time. Some of those people, as Paul writes to the Corinthians, are still alive. So you can go and talk to those people. He appears multiple times to the 12 disciples. But here's, here's our lesson for today in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. Something happens when he appears to James. We're not told that he ever appeared specifically to Jude, to his brother Jude. But he appeared to James, and then it looks like very quickly after that, Jude himself becomes a disciple. James becomes a disciple. And these guys are willing to die for Jesus. You don't die for something that's a lie. If they know he's not been resurrected, and they would have been the ones to know, right? They kept watch on that tomb. This is their brother. They're going to know whether he's alive or dead or not. And if he's dead, they just go on with their lives. But if he's not dead, if they watched him be crucified, they watched the tomb be full for three days, and then on Sunday morning it was empty, and they got to meet him again and touch where the nail wounds went and the spear wound went, he's worth dying for because he's God. That's the conclusion Jude has come to here. If you look back in Jude's letter, the very second word, after he introduces himself, he gives his name, and then he says this really interesting term. He calls himself a servant, but that's not really the word he uses in Greek. The word he uses there in Greek is slave. He's talking, he says, I'm Jude, I'm a doulos. I'm a forever voluntary slave of Jesus Christ. Now, you're probably familiar with this, with this song, Pierce My Ear. It's an Old Testament image. It's an Old Testament idea. But if you went into slavery in the Old Testament, it could be for a multiplicity of reasons. Maybe you didn't have enough money to pay off your debt. And so you could become this person's slave up until you paid off your debt. Now, at if you paid off your debt or the year of Jubilee came around, every seven years comes the year of Jubilee, you were set free and you can go about and do your own thing. But after your debt was paid or after the year of Jubilee came along and you didn't want to go back and be your own person, you could ask your master to pierce your ear and he would take you to a doorpost and he would shove uh, an awl through your ear and it would pierce it and he would put an earring in there and that was an indication to everyone who saw you that you were a voluntary forever slave to someone. You did his will because that master treated you better than you treated yourself. That's what Jude is saying about Jesus. He treats me better than I treated myself. The brother that he was so skeptical of in the very beginning He's now given his life for and is willing to die for. He says, I'm his no matter what. Jude made a decision, didn't he? He looked at all the evidence. The evidence he looked at apparently was Jesus' resurrection because he goes from skeptic before the resurrection to 
full-on devoted believer willing to die for his faith after the resurrection. He looked at all the evidence and he made a decision. Life's all about decisions. There are some disciples, or there are some teachers uh, here in the book of Jude that have also made a decision. Look down in verse 3. He says, Beloved, he's talking to these people that he loves, this congregation that he loves. Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. He says, I wanted to write to you a good letter encouraging you because we share this salvation in common. I was looking forward to that, but I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. These people have made a decision too, haven't they? Most people, most scholars think that, that Jude is referencing here this Gnostic um, sect that's going on in the first century. There's lots of things that these people believe uh, that you would probably be astounded by, that they don't necessarily buy into angels. But more importantly, maybe for us, is they don't believe that Jesus really came in the flesh. And Jude is the perfect person to say, he did. I've seen him. I think if I'd have been Jude, I'd have wanted to put my fingers, like Thomas, in the nail wounds. Because people don't rise from the dead. And if you did, I'm going to make sure before I give my life over to you. I can't imagine that Jude would have been any different. These people have looked at the evidence and they've decided to go a different way. They've decided to take advantage of God's grace and just live however they want to, expecting his grace to take up the slack. Life's all about decisions. Jude made a decision. He looked at the evidence and he made a decision. I want to be a devoted follower of Jesus. These people looked at the evidence, and they made a different decision. I want to make compromises. I want to buy into things that, that Jesus doesn't teach. And so, what's your decision? Which way are you going to fall? Because there's really only two ways. There's either devoted follower who's willing to die for our faith, or there's no faith at all. So, we have a decision to make. Has... We try to live lives that are pleasing to God. That's the goal, right? That's what we want to do. That's what we're here for, is to bring honor and glory to Him. So as we try to lead lives that honor Him, what's our decision? Which way are we going to fall? Are we going to follow Him no matter what? Fully devoted. Are we going to make a different decision and act like He never was resurrected? Life's all about decisions. You've got a decision to make tonight. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, you're still struggling with your sins, and that's not a problem you can solve on your own. Some problems you can solve on your own, can't you? Most of us are pretty smart, and we can figure our way out of most things. This is not a problem you can figure your way out of. Sin is a God thing. Only He can help you out of this. And He has established the way out of sin as baptism. Immersed into His blood having all your sins washed away. Maybe you've already made that decision tonight and you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be, to be a fully devoted, lifelong voluntary servant of his. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided.
Will you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you for this great day that you've given us, and thank you for allowing us all to come together here safely, Lord, to worship you. Please be with all of those on the sick list that Dave mentioned earlier, and please be with all of those making decisions this week and help them to make the right ones. Please be with us in our classes and help us to learn more about you. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen.